You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. Boys and girls, ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Stadium and Gale. It's Uncle Silk. This your boy, the All-American 35. And back at it again, it's Dan. Man, how y'all boys feeling, man? I've been been hanging out. It's Monday, weekend. Now it's the big Is weekend. It? Yeah, yeah. Is it Monday? <laughs> I lost track of the days about 12 days yeah, ago. Technically, it's Monday. What, 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 you, what you mean? You guys not working? Because uh, I am going every single day, so they don't run together for me, Dan. Okay, uh, Central and Mod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because because I actually look, I actually look forward to them two days that I get off. That's gonna go by so fast. Oh, okay. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. So slap, your quarantine is slapping a little different than ours. Yeah, man, my quarantine different. I don't, I don't think we really believe in quarantine. No, at my, at my time. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, what you been watching the kill time? We're doing the quarantine. Any updates on the um, Netflix? Um, I've been watching uh, that All American show that was on um, whatever okay. it was, the CW. Um, so I'm trying to get through season one now, so I can watch season two that just came out. Um, I watched something about the uh, the killing of uh, Lacey Peterson from a few years ago and Scott Peterson. Uh, what else did I uh, watch? I watched um, that Uncorked movie that's on Netflix. Oh uh, yeah, um, that was pretty dope. That ending, like uh, yeah. Uh, that, I don't want to spoil such- it for everybody. But, <laughs> yeah. I did. I felt it though, you know, <laughs> me, me being a, a fake sommelier and all that. So, um, yeah, I mean, we're trying to just trying to buy time. What about you guys? Yeah, a little bit of the same. Have you checked out uh, Little Fires Everywhere? No, not yet. What's that's that? On, that's on Hulu. Um, Reese Witherspoon, Carrie Washington. I think it's casted pretty good. Yeah. Um, takes place in like the nineties. Okay. Uh, I think it's dope. Check it out. I think right. when, you, when you get a chance, Amaya, check that out as well, man. Me and the wife, that's one of our favorite ones right now. They drop it, so they're not, they don't do like Netflix where they drop the whole thing. So they drop an episode every Wednesday. Okay. You, you know what I'm saying? So like you can catch up and then kind of wait <laughs> with everybody else instead of catching full seasons. But it's dope. Yeah. I kind of miss watching TV like that, man. I remember when I was in college and Entourage was a big thing on HBO and every Sunday night we would all get together with the boys and we'd watch it. Uh, just drinking a bunch of beers beforehand or, or eating yeah. dinner before, but it, it was always cool because you could talk about the anticipation of where it was last week, where you think this week's going to go, and then talk about where you think the next week's going to go. And now it's just like, all right, well, I'm just going to find out what the next episode is and just keep going, you know? Yeah. You, look like, you look like a One Tree Hill type of dude, uh, Dan. You watch one yeah, very good. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. No, I've, uh, I haven't seen an episode, but uh, I appreciate that. That's probably from the kindest place in your heart, Amon. That's somebody that's probably watched the show. <laughs> I, I, I never what watched is, the show. Man. I don't even know. What, what is One Tree Hill? I don't know. It's just something. No, Amon trying to slide something. Uh, uh, like this, hey, this is how he tried to sneak and see if we watch it, too. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I you know he wanted gr- to talk about some plot lines and some uh, <laughs> action, but we had watched nah, this. bro. I just remember hearing girls like, yeah, One Tree Hill, you know, yeah, you watch One Tree Hill, you know. If that was so <laughs> weekly, you know, I just felt like. Uh, you of me, huh? Uh, <laughs> all the girls talking about something. Okay, I get it. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> that's, how the, that's how the times used to be, my friend. 
I see they moved the um the Jordan documentary up, so that's I'm, I'm anticipating that because everybody anticipating it so much that there's no sports on TV. They gotta give us some. Hey, yeah. uh, what do you think? I saw it on Friday night. Um, I went to the uh, went to get takeout with a buddy of mine, and um, they had a. I guess it's like an NBA 2K or, or whatever it is uh, tournament with like real NBA players. And I know NASCAR is doing this I racing league. What do you think about uh, what these sports leagues are doing to try to, you know, turn it into esports and trying to just put some content out there? Are you, are you in it or are you, do you buy it or do you not buy it? I'm buying it right now. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, me personally, not, I'm not watching it, but I think it's a good idea to try to get, you know, uh, you know, young fans, you know, especially people who, who, you know, are dying to look at some type of sports. Um, who, who are, you know, that sport, like a true fanatic, you know, a true basketball fan will want to watch Steph Curry play 2K, you know, or, or you know, uh, you know, Giannis play 2K. So I, I think it's a cool idea. I just me personally, I wouldn't, I don't find that interesting. Yeah, I, will, I wouldn't watch that. But I think some of the stuff they're talking about with the, uh, like the dunk company, uh, not, uh, no, they play horse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's so cool. I think that would be fire. You know what I'm saying if I, we could get like a horse game um going between some of these guys and well, might pull off a little slick dunk contest or something. That's what I said. Yeah, yeah like we get a dunk contest. Cool. You know what I'm saying? Like this gets entertaining real fast. That's, that's right. You, you might get the guys that way. normally aren't interested because they're bored. Yeah. Oh yeah, don't let me <laughs> judge. We straight. They give you, you know. get these these degenerate gamblers something to gamble on real quick. Mm-hmm. Get Vegas yeah. moving a little bit. Get the economy popping. There you go. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, you know, the more and more I read, the more and more I think people are potentially anticipating maybe a, a later summer or early fall startup for, for some sports and not all sports. And it might not have fans, but it, it may, uh, you know, we'll see in a couple months. Uh, but I'm telling you, if, if things work out and we have a fall of sports, we may literally have sports on the entire day for like five months Correct. between baseball, basketball, hockey, football, college football, Everything that they have to make up, golf, NASCAR, everything else, it may be, uh, you know, it may be heaven for a sports fan for for a few months. Yeah, definitely. It's going to be a nightmare for all the TV networks, though. Like, how are they going to be able Shut to fit up. everything on there? Yeah. Fine. So, it's going to be interesting. It's a good problem to have. Um, yeah, right, sure. the problem we got now, get let's clear that up. If that's the problem we got trying to figure out what we're going to put <laughs> sports set on TV, I'll take that problem and the problem we got right it, now. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, boys, want to, uh, before we get moving, I want to give a big shout out. We have a, a new sponsor on our show, so I want to give them um, a big shout out. I was able to talk to Adam uh, from the Lewis, uh, or from, pardon me, from the Thomas uh, firm the other day, and just an unbelievable guy, really uh, cares a lot about us. But uh, want to give, I want to give them a shout out to the Thomas Law Firm uh, over here in, in Tampa, actually. Uh, handles all insurance claims uh, for property damage, uh, homes, and businesses. Uh, a lot of years of experience over there. I think 20, 25 years uh, of experience dealing with uh, roof damage, uh, leaks, storms, uh, water damage, hail damage, all of that stuff. Uh, they work all over the state of Florida. Um, so if you have uh, any issues with your home, uh, neighbor's home, whatever it might be, uh, give them a call. Uh, they'll do some consultation for you. Uh, but again, the Thomas uh, the Thomas firm, again, all throughout the state of Florida, 813-221-2525. Uh, and another thing that I think is really uh, cool that they're doing during this time uh, is they're helping a lot with the COVID-19 cases. So uh, obviously the CARES Act passed uh, last week or, or, or 
I guess, late the week before. Um, so they're handling all cases in which a business might be uh, financially impacted by the state and local orders causing businesses uh, to be closed or restricting movement, uh, maybe unable to open, um, partially open, uh, decreased uh, income, decreased volume of, of sales. Uh, so they're going to be able to help them get uh, get insurance to help them pay for any lost or, or decreased income. So again, give them a call. Uh, the Thomas Law Firm, 813-221-2525. So let's get into some Gator news of the week. Uh, I think the longer this goes on, the fewer news we'll have. Uh, but, but I think the biggest news today uh, is that Scotty Lewis uh, announced today uh, that he's going to be returning to school for his sophomore year, which I don't think is a huge, huge surprise. Uh, and then um, it also looks like Andrew Nemhard might be coming back as well for the Gators uh, basketball season uh, next year as well. I like to think in my mind today uh, would have been the basketball national championship and Florida would be winning it. Uh, and that's a dream of mine. So don't uh, don't ruin that. So some dreams are delusional, Dan, but I'm riding with you on this one, man. Yeah, it's good to be optimistic in these times, you know. That's right. That's right. What about on the, uh, the recruiting front, the transfer portal front? Any uh, update or news there? Uh, Fabian Lovett, defensive tackle, uh, Mississippi State, is a guy to enter the transfer portal. Uh, Dan Mullen recruited him before he he committed to Dan Mullen when he was at Mississippi State. Uh, it's a guy we're in on. Uh, he's been offered by a lot of big time programs. We'll see where we land. Um, he doesn't have a timetable right now. Um, he can't take visits right now. So I think he's just like us trying to play this all by ear and see where things fall. But uh, everybody feels good about him getting a waiver with the, uh, all this Mike Leach news out here. Yeah, what's up? With, what's up with Mike Leach? I, I was catching bits and pieces of it. I ain't hear really um, what all he did. If you can explain it to the people who don't know, he he tweeted a tweet um, that was I'm trying to try to make sure I tell it right. But it was a joke on Twitter about the, the coronavirus and and I guess the guy's wife getting tired of. Uh, of or uh, he getting tired with his wife or something, but it's somewhere in between that tweet, he, he tweeted uh, the, the picture was a, a noose. Um, being a coach that's in Mississippi, tweeting something like that. Um, it got a little weird for a little minute there. I don't know his yeah. intentions, but it, to me, you got to have a wherewithal to know better than to tweet something like that as a head coach of Mississippi State. Yeah, yeah, I think that that's that's the biggest thing. Is it was a a woman knitting a a noose. Um, there you go. I know that that Mike Leach is a uh, an exceptionally weird dude, uh, but obviously that's one of those things that you can't uh, you can't do. You've got to be smarter than that, uh, and then the school's got to be smarter than that. Maybe take access to his uh, you know his Twitter account for a while, but that's just not something you can do right now. Everybody's got time on their hands, and he's used to tweeting up in uh, in Washington State, and and things kind of you know getting swept under the rug. But when you're in the Southeastern Conference, stuff like that's not, not going to happen, especially with you know the violent you know racist history uh, that's taking place in a, in a lot of the Deep South. So uh, hopefully he's learned his lesson, and that's not something that we have to deal with. But um, that's just sad. In your opinion, um, do you think they could have fired him with cause for this? Because that, that's that's low-key crazy because you got to think about, you know. I'm not saying they should have. I don't know. Nah, nah, you know. Yeah, I, you know I'm what I'm saying? saying but I'm not saying they should or shouldn't. But, you know, just as a parent, you know, and I sent my 17-year-old, 18-year-old kid, you know, say he in a different state. And, you know, hey, coach tweeting out this, you know, just make it a little awkward, you know, make it a little weird. You know what I'm saying? 
So I'm not saying yes, they should have no, should should have fired him, but you know it's just that's it, real, it's real awkward right now. No, I absolutely think they could have fired him, and and I, I'm not trying to be a snowflake or whatever the internet might call me after this, but uh, I think that there was <laughs> yeah. actually probably right, a that's pretty a little strong. Cool. Yeah, uh, there's there's a strong likelihood that he could have uh, been fired and probably should have been fired. Um, I know it was maybe a joke. I didn't see the actual image. I've only read about it. Um, but if it's anything, if you're in Mississippi and you have a woman knitting a noose, that's just not something that 50 years ago, 60 years ago here in America uh, was something that was still being hung in the yards of people in the Deep South, uh, was used as a racial epithet. I, I'm very surprised that it doesn't seem like the media is as flustered by it as, as I think that they, they probably could be. And, and in Mississippi yeah. State, where they are, I, I would not have been surprised if he got fired. This should be a big story in my mind. If, if, if Dan Mullen's offseason story last year was a story and, and how they hyped that up, this, how is this not Bro, a Dan big Mullen story? Did, did something like that, it will it, be all everywhere. If Dan right? Mullen tweets It'll be everywhere. Absolutely. And I think a lot of people chalk it up to him being a weird dude. And I kind of said it, you know, two or three minutes ago that he's a different kind of cap, but you still, you, you can't, you can't do that. I mean, that you have to be smarter than that. He's not a dumb guy, right? He's a, he's a law school grad. He's You'd been like to in think, man. profession for 50 yeah. years or 40 years. Um, you've got to be smarter than that. And um, I don't know if he forgot where he was, but you better learn real quick that that's not something you mess around with. And I, I would not be surprised to see a, a chain reaction of people uh, looking to leave Mississippi State. Yeah, it's been quite a few. I, I seen Nathan Pickering tweeted something about transfer. I haven't follow up to find out if it was true, if he's in the portal, what's going on there. Uh, I think Berg did say on the um, Victory Roller show that that he did enter the portal and LSU's uh, probably in the picture there. Okay, yeah, Cam just clarified it. Yeah, he's in the portal as well. So it's going to be, I think, it's some more guys. Guys with options are going to get out of that situation. New coach, he come in with nooses. It's time. It's time to go. I think uh, this is not his first time doing this either. I think at uh, I'm looking at Washington State right now. I'm tweeted something about Barack Obama, um, Barack Obama video. So I don't know, dude. Do a little weird, man. No, I just think he don't like. I mean, he he is who he is. I I, yeah. I don't think this is just it's just like some of the, the the wild stuff he says is is sometimes funny. But it's only funny till it, it isn't. You know what I'm saying? Something like this yeah, happened. Everybody's like, whoa, bro. Like, you may have took it to a little too far this time, bro. Uh huh. Yeah. So we'll, uh, we'll see. But, uh, you know, Fabian, uh, Fabian love it. He'd be a good, uh, good ad. Anybody else that we're looking at still in the transfer portal? Uh, not that I, re- I can remember right now, yeah. off the top of my head. If there yeah. was somebody else, I would probably know because there's like no news right now. Yeah, <laughs> the biggest news on on the streets right now is me and my in the um Twitter bracket finals. Yeah, that 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 wraps up here in about forty one minutes. So, um, oh, yeah, man. We, we, I, mean, uh, we, I think Ahmad's got a little bit of the lead right now. Yeah. We had uh, State Miguel Championship, you know. Yeah, it's so. all good. State of Miguel Championship. You know, sometimes you yeah. got you know what I'm saying the logo do what it do. That's yeah, right. No, I, sure. I I I was knocked out in the uh, the Elite uh, by Ahmad. Um, Friendly fire. I, I got, fire. I got my, I got my butt whooped. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I didn't, I didn't even stand a chance. I didn't even stand a chance. I don't stand a chance either. That's all good. I don't know. It's a lot closer than uh, you would think. So funny because I voted for both of y'all. So, 
Um, there you I go. Should, I'm be honest, I ain't vote for you, bro. I may have even logged into the stadium in Gala County, but who knows? <laughs> 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 hey, I voted for Silk Man and uh, took a picture and screenshot it and sent it to him today. So uh, appreciate that, bro. Y'all, y'all right with me, dog? Uh, you know, vote can take you a long way. <laughs> By the way, man, I don't want to hear nothing about you know. Uh, it's time when it's, when it's time to go out and vote, man. Since I want to talk about politics, all right. Make sure we go out and vote this year, okay, guys? All right. Already. We gotta make sure that Rona not in these streets first. Um, my. Now they may have to drop them ballots off on the porch. Since we speak about uh, Corona a little bit, let's get my man Bala over there, friend of the show, uh, UF grad, scientist. I dare any of you chilling. Let's get him on the show to hang out a little bit. Let's go. Let's do it. You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. Uh, first time on Stadium and Gale as a guest. Uh, been on the Big Three Road up several times. We have UF scientist, UF grad, my man Bala. Bala, what's going on? Hello, gentlemen. How are you guys doing? We hanging out, man. You uh, calling 5.30 a.m. from India. What's it like over there, man? You, you guys still quarantining? Yeah, yeah, and uh, it's it's going to be quarantine for another, uh, it's a lockdown for another week, and maybe longer, so we're going to see, man, we're going to see, the, 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 the infection rate and the death rate is going up still in India, and we've had a lockdown for about two weeks now, uh, and some amount of work from home and restrictions from even before that, so it's tough times, man. Hey, you've been watching our... Um projection and, and what we've been dealing with over here in the states yeah it looks pretty grim uh it, it uh i it's good that some of the states have started uh you know full lockdowns i think that's what needs to be done full lockdowns extensive screening and testing uh and then just people quarantining themselves man it's, it's only going to be as good as how people participate which means you're going to have to stay at home wash your hands keep six feet distance from everybody assume you've got the condition assume you don't want to give it to anybody else and assume everybody around you has it if you don't have it already that's the way you're going to have to deal with this one and then uh, they keep changing the thing on the mask at first they said the mask was something we didn't really need or uh, it wasn't necessity. Now they're saying if you go outside, you should have a mask. What's the deal with the mask? That's an excellent question. So a mask will do more to protect others from you if you already have it than for, to protect you. So uh, a cloth mask or some of these high-grade masks, none of them is actually going to really protect you in a big way from the virus as far as I know. There's not data to actually convince you that it's going to be protective in a big way. One of the big reasons for that is, uh, you know, these masks will have filters. The smallest size of those filters is about 0.22 microns, uh, uh, which is, you know, a millionth uh, subunit of, of uh, what would be a meter. But every virus, especially this virus, is smaller than that. With the exception of some other viruses, Lhasa and such, they're much bigger. But this virus is one half the size of that 
pore size. So it's easily going to be able to make it through those pores and, and affect you if it really wanted to. The droplets uh, that contain the virus could be bigger, but there could be micro-sized droplets. The big thing about a mask is it's got, you, you've got to know how to wear a mask. There's a certain amount of training and culture associated with it, right? So a mask is going to get you all irritable on your face. And if you're, yeah, if it's going to make you touch your face, it's going to make you sweat, especially in Florida weather, uh, it's going to start making you do that. Uh, that's bad. You should not be. So that's the reason why wearing a mask can be bad to you if you didn't know how to use it. Healthcare workers, they know how to use a mask. Mm -hmm. They also use it because it protects them from a lot of other things. They can, you know, it's easy for them to start becoming carriers. They're dealing with highly risky patients uh, so they know how to use their masks they use them all the time even without an epidemic they're using it the rest of us yeah the rest of us I think a mask is I guess better than not wearing one at all I guess but there's not it's more to protect others from you you know let's say you just you start coughing it's more to protect others from you Perfect. Well, I have a few questions but before we do that can you just introduce yourself and kind of what your background what you do yeah, so uh, I am a uh, biochemist. I'm a protein biochemist. I have a background in virology, though, and uh, I got my PhD in uh, medical sciences uh, at UF uh, as part of the uh, uh, medical school. I was from the College of Medicine. Uh, after that, I've had a five-year postdoc uh, stint at uh, Indiana University. Uh, and after that, I moved to India. So I've been here working for three years. Uh, not so much on virology. I've been more in the immuno-oncology area, which is cancer-related. Uh, but I've had about 10 years' worth of experience working on viruses and antivirals. Awesome, awesome. So uh, going back to the question that you and, uh, and Silk were talking about, about wearing masks, um, you know, I know that you were talking about you touch your face and you, you kind of do that, uh, you know, quite a bit. Um what is the, is there a benefit of wearing any face covering or is it just the N95 masks or is there any potential um, downfall of wearing a mask? Uh, so the only downfall of wearing a mask really is the fact that you know, you're going to get itchy on the face. If you didn't know how to use it, like I, I've asked my mom to wear a mask sometimes and that gets her to touch her face a lot more than normally uh, when she wouldn't wear a mask. So that's the only downside of it. Uh, a, a cloth mask uh, is probably not as good as an N95 mask, which has you know the right kind of filters to protect you. Uh, a cloth mask uh, keeps you from doing that. The biggest thing is it keeps you from, so let's say you have the condition and I have a cloth mask. So all of the liquid droplets that I'm going to generate will uh, just mostly get contained within the mask. So it's more for protecting others from you if you're if you're coughing. Uh, so if you don't have a mask, use a kerchief. But this is you know normal common sense. You you're not going sure. to have. You shouldn't be coughing and sneezing on other people. You're supposed to. Uh, yeah, cover your nose. <laughs> no. You do okay. I'll, I'll stop. I'll stop now. <laughs> Um, uh, Bala, talk to us a little bit about what, what the best way, um, besides avoiding people coughing and seizing in your face when you can, what's the best way to, uh, to avoid, uh, potentially contracting this disease or, or any sort of other coronavirus or any other virus out there? Ah, uh, so, so viruses, if you're going to be general about viruses, they transmit by various different means. So I'll just stick to the respiratory kind of viruses, the, you know, the kind that, uh, Corona is one of. Uh, for them, 
yeah, for them, you've just got to, most of these, at least this one, uh, transmits more in uh, in liquid form. It, there is not much evidence that the virus isolated by itself, just the particle by itself can actually infect. Uh, and there's also a certain critical amount of virus that you need to uh, get infected with for it to be a proper infection that can actually give you the disease, COVID-19. Uh, so most of it is in the form of droplets. Now, there is some conversation on uh, some people being super spreaders, and this was seen in the earlier, you know, SARS epidemic, is there are some individuals who generate who, or who release, uh, or the scientific word for it is shed, who shed more of the virus uh, than normal people, and they have the potential to infect more people or infect people uh, harder uh, than uh, regular people. So... In the case of those people, you know, it's very tough to actually protect yourself. Uh, there has there at least been one case reported where there was this super spreader who had entered a hospital room uh, and just walked through it. He was about 30 seconds inside the room and then he left. And uh, after that, you know, one half of that room, about 10 or 20 people uh -huh. got infected. So... Again, this is anecdotal evidence. It's not. It's not hard evidence. Uh, it's just one, you know, isolated uh, story. But uh, the main thing that you can do is, I, you know, keep a six foot distance. At at, at distances of up to six feet, you're safe from the kind of. If I'm the way I'm talking, uh, you're safe from the kind of uh, droplets that I'm going to be releasing in the air. That's one thing. Uh, uh, the, it it also uh, helps you to actually just. Assume that everybody else is infected. So don't get close to them. Don't be hugging people. Don't be kissing. Don't do any of that. Just assume. Just hold out for a few months, <laughs> and uh, you should be fine. It's. I think right now prevention is the best form of treatment for us. There is some kind of treatment options. All of that anecdotal uh, that people are talking about. But let's be clear. We don't have a cure for this right now. Speaking of cure, what do you think this is going to be something we come and commonly deal with going forward? Like there's going to be Corona seasons or like the like the flu because it's very contagious. And I don't think like it's just going to disappear like that. Uh, that's a great question. So I think the consensus. So most experts feel uh, this be something that might come back, uh, but not with the same intensity, maybe. Mm -hmm. uh, it, there may be uh, a, a, you know, a seasonal nature to it, but the truth is, uh, uh, if a lot of lot of people, are, the way predictions are going right now, let's say a lot of people get infected this cycle, uh, the the intensity or the extent to which we get infected next time is going to be a lot less, uh, just because there's a lot less people. A and uh, just uh, because of the fact that. Uh, You've already been exposed to the virus, so you'll just get milder symptoms the next time. Uh, Bob, but is this... Well before that... Yeah, sorry, Go ahead, I'm sorry. Go on. Uh, well before that, the hope is we're able to come up with a good vaccine. Uh, and there are several candidates that are being tested. They're fast-tracking the whole uh, clinical trial process for this. Uh, so maybe a year or two years from now, we will actually have a good vaccine. And there is reasonably good confidence that these vaccines will work uh, to the yeah. fullest extent. Uh, Bala, is there a potential chance, I mean, I know that there's a chance, I guess, but w knowing what you know about the virus and kind of the makeup of it, of a potential mutation that could potentially uh, stop, you know, those vaccines in their tracks or, you know, do you, do you know anything about like, the makeup of the virus of, you know, I guess, future concern of mutation? That's a great question. So, um, 
The way one designs vaccines, yeah, go for it. Yeah. So the way one one designs vaccines uh, is to try and attack something that's also functionally useful for the virus. So if it were to mutate to evade, uh, uh, you know, the binding of the vaccine or the impact of the vaccine, uh, uh, what what happens is it also uh, mutates as functionally important part of itself. So it could actually become uh, uh, less potent or actually lose a certain function that's critical to the survival of the virus. So uh, a good strategy to adopt when designing the vaccine in itself is to attack something, some part that's functionally useful to the virus. Uh, or even in designing a treatment, is you attack something that's a key target in the function of the virus. Uh, and by doing that, you actually... Uh, the virus still has to obey the laws of nature. So, by uh, it, it cannot evolve while still keeping uh, all of the other functions intact. Or that's the hope, anyway. Some viruses have managed sure. to evolve with that, anyway. But, but uh, the idea is to keep that. Um, what I guess what's what's next? Um, you know, we're you know similar to you guys, and we're in kind of a quasi stay at home. We, we haven't locked down the way that some other countries have. Um, but, but what do you think is next? Um, I, you know, I know we're talking about the bending of the curve. We're talking about surges. We're talking about, you know, peak times and everything else. And I think a lot of that is, is still unknown right now, but, but what can we do, I guess, mentally to anticipate the next, do you think it's the next couple of weeks, next couple of months? What are in your mind? Okay, so uh, there's a lot that comes out of this, uh, right? So as far as just the disease is concerned, uh, it doesn't end in uh, the next couple of weeks. Where you know the next couple of weeks, things are going to go up. Things are going to get worse before they get better. That's the bottom line. Uh, as far as the disease is concerned, we're uh, it's going to take a few weeks for us to get a full grip on. How to control it, and that's mostly done. People are understanding the seriousness of it, so they are they are uh, quarantining themselves, and if they already have the disease, some of them are isolating themselves. Uh, so people are understanding the importance of this, and that's that's an important thing. Uh, so that helps. Extensive screening helps, so people can you know the, the authorities can help you isolate yourself. Uh, that's happening in a big way. So I expect that over the next couple of months. Uh, the worst of it will probably be behind us. Uh, now, how bad it can get, uh, there are projections, but we're just going to have to wait to see. Uh, after that, there is also an economic impact of this that we're going to have to deal with. Uh, and that can actually result in a larger number of people getting affected, more deaths, uh, just from the economic impact of it. That could happen, especially in a country like India. We're going to, this is not a very rich country. And so we're, we're going to have... Uh, some really tough uh, situations in the future on that. And then there's a cultural impact of it. There is uh, entire uh, countries that are probably going to shut down their borders in, in, in a partial way or completely. Uh, and so there's a larger cultural impact of it that way. The positive cultural impact of it is people are just going to be a lot more careful, going able to understand, you know, try to look at scientific way uh, and sort of develop safe practices in general, you know, uh, that keeps them uh, protected from something like this, but also protected from things like uh, respiratory syncytial virus, which is already out there and uh, does affect a lot of people as it stands. Uh, so that's an important thing. I personally, I believe that 
when the SARS epidemic came around, uh, people, especially developed countries, could have gotten behind this and started on. Uh, they they could have gotten behind this and started on uh, finding cures or finding broad-based treatments for this kind of a thing. So I'm sure that that kind of a culture will come up. So you know, in the long term, we can protect ourselves from things that may come in mutated form in the future. Perfect. And I got I got one final question, Bala. I guess looking back uh, and then looking forward, uh, what what could we not necessarily he as a not not necessarily we as the United States, but we as a society or as a as a world, what could have we had done differently um, that we can potentially learn from? Uh, moving forward. Uh, so I think we just talked about that a little bit uh, in that, you know, the main thing is to try and look at uh, any sort of calamity as a potential building block. So when SARS came around, we could have said, hey, okay, let's increase funding for identifying a cure for SARS, uh, especially countries that have the kind of uh, uh, money power to get behind that. Uh, but well, one large thing I believe that we can learn from this is, is more cultural, is to share information uh, if you have any about this, uh, and also sort of open up to the idea that people do not wantonly want this condition, right? So people do not wantonly uh, want to get infected with this. So the Chinese are not responsible for this. Uh, uh, or, or you know, any other uh, community that you feel has been more infected more. It's something that's happening in India, for example, where uh, recently there was a large congregation of uh, Muslims that uh, uh, got uh, that you know were found to be tested. You know, some of them were found to be tested positive. So India has decided that we're going to start attacking them in a big way as a minority group here. Uh, that's bad. You know, if we're all in this together, is that something that's important to understand? Uh, but largely, I would say, listen to the science on this. Listen to the scientists on this. Anthony Fauci, I think, is a great resource. Uh, he's a national treasure in America, I should say. Uh, and he's the right voice to be here uh, at, at this time. Awesome. And then I guess, sorry, I do have one final question. What, um, how did, how is the scientific community working together Um I guess worldwide, you have a number of different countries that are trying to create vaccines. You have a number of different countries that are trying to create, um, you know, uh, I guess medicines to help, you know, with some of the symptoms. Now you have a lot of countries that are, that are trying to do a lot of the same things. I know Israel, the United States, China, other countries are Japan, Korea. Uh, they're doing a lot with vaccines. How do those entities work together um, to not duplicate research or to share research or or from a virology standpoint, from a medicine making standpoint, and then ultimately here in America, as sad as it is from a profit making standpoint uh, for some of these drug companies, how, how do they work together uh, to make sure that, you know, they're not all spinning their wheels trying to accomplish, you know, the same thing that's already been solved, right? Does that make sense? Yeah. So I guess the uh, one line answer for that is to try and be complementary and not competitive. Uh, so uh, an important way that the scientific community manages to do that is by publishing their work uh, early and often. Uh, and they're already doing that. There's a lot of literature that's uh, getting published uh, every week uh, in high impact scientific journals uh, that is open for criticism and open for peer review. Uh, and uh, so that's one important way in which they share information with each other uh, in scientific journals. Uh, outside of that, 
they also managed to publicize uh, their publications uh, by other means. For example, uh, at, uh, at Shan's Hospital at UF, uh, they went ahead and uh, uh, decided to start making uh, in-house N95 masks uh, that can be distributed within the hospital and outside uh, in, uh, in the community. Uh, so everybody as scientists, even if they're not actually directly working on cures for the virus, they're actually trying to find other things that they can do uh, to help the situation. Uh, in a larger sense, like I said, the free sharing of information, uh, especially scientific. I think that most companies do it. Uh, they, there is going to be people who are going to try to profiteer, you know, just like they profiteer in wars. They're going to profiteer here. Uh, but the larger consensual community is going to be beyond that, uh, I believe. And they're going to try to make some of these vaccines that are manufactured. For example, some of these manufacturers, uh, manufactured vaccines are going to be made in countries like India where it's cheaper to manufacture them. Uh, so they can be sourced from places like India uh, uh, to make them cheaper. Uh, that's one way to do it. Uh, but the important thing is governments have to be involved. They will have to regulate the whole process uh, to make sure it's fair and available to everyone. Hey, Bala, I know you're a big Ahmad fan, man. Ask Ahmad a question. Yes, what's, what's your favorite Ahmad Black uh, play? Ah, so my favorite Ahmad Black, uh, Black play is the uh, one interception that he didn't make. Uh, so this was during the, uh, should I say 2008? It was during the 2008-2009 National Championship, right? Ahmad, do you remember this play where you... This ball was, this was a goal line stance that UF was making. The ball, you know, is being thrown by Stan Bradford. And I think you were the first one to get to the ball, but you just sort of knocked it up. And then, you know, I was like four Gators got after it. I think you got, got to it a second time and then Major Wright comes down with the interception, man. I think not, that sealed the game. Yeah. Not, not, so, well, I think Snapper hit it out of my hand. I'm not sure. Uh, maybe I was Butterfingers that play, but... Um, I just remember, I just remember. I think they ran a slant, a quick slant down there. And, and you yeah. know, going against our offense every single day, um, like I said plenty of times on the show with, uh, you know, Percy Harvin and you got, uh, you know, uh, Murph on the outside and you got Riley Cooper and you got, you know, Hernandez in, in the slot sometime. Um, we went against the best of the best. So, you know, being down there in the goal line um, in the national championship game, we didn't, we didn't blink an eye. We didn't, you know. We didn't get nervous at all because we feel like we go against the best every single day already, you know. And we, you know, so we was we had full confidence down there. And I think he ran a quick slant. I think Joe Hayden hit it first. Then I think Stamper hit it after that. I went and came over and tried to catch it. I think Stamper hit it again. It came out my hand and Major got it. So I'm glad somebody on our team. I'm glad, I'm glad somebody with the good guys came down with the ball. But uh, you know, that I would I would uh probably been MVP if I would have got that one. But you know, we won the game, so you know I. I could care less about any of those accolades. So, so that's like one and a half interceptions in the national championship. <laughs> there you go. I can take, <laughs> I'll take that half. Yeah. Though. <laughs> yeah, I'll take that half. I'll take that. That was a heck of a game and a heck of a team, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate it for sure. Thanks, man. Hey, Thanks. Bala, thanks for hanging out with us, man. Uh, we appreciate the time, the information. Get some. Right. Hopefully, you get back to sleep. What you about to get into? It's five thirty, man. Uh, yeah, I need to brush my teeth, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, hey. I, I do brush my teeth. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm going to go wash my hands, I guess. Yeah, that's probably there you go. 20, 20 seconds, yeah. man. <laughs> All right, man. Have a good one. Appreciate you coming and hanging out at Stadium Miguel. Yeah, stay Appreciate safe, gentlemen. Go Gators. All right. Go Gators.
Shout out to Bala, man. All the way from India. Hooking us up with the only on only on Stadium Miguel you get scientists to come. Yeah, you know, especially ones in India when it's five well, something in the morning over there. A UF grad, that's a scientist that could give us the ends the logo, and out. The logo, the logo gotta hold some weight, man. It got to. See, this this is why we're in the finals, Ahmad. You know, <laughs> some, some, some podcasts do, some podcasts don't. Yeah, I want to give a shout out to all my little digital uh, fans out there, man. That that was. Pounding the vote button for me, man. Um, great battle with Dave, but I prevailed. Get the All Stadium Miguel. I gotta flex a little bit, you know. Yeah. Stadium Miguel Champions. I feel like I got the yeah. sideline pass. Hey, you you got to cut down a couple nets, Dan. Yeah, you know, there you go. You get to put some type of banner up here too. And now we all going like right. it's, it's gonna be a Mars trophy, but we're gonna we're gonna all act like it's ours. That's a state of <laughs> trophies. We already told y'all we get trophies, man. Yeah, yeah. you Listen. hear the intro. We try to tell y'all. You hear, you hear it every week. There you go. All right, we got. You guys want to go from uh, one Gator scientist legend to another uh, football legend? Yeah, man. Before we get him on, uh, this app, this interview is brought to you by Brand Insurance and Financial Services. Anything you need insured from the pen handle to the keys. Holla at my man Greg, 954-589-2204. Mobile, auto, home, whatever you need insured, life, 954-589-2204. Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. Big coverage. Let's hang out with my man Brian Crum. You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. And then joining us for the first time on Stadium and Gale is another national champion, former linebacker, former NFL uh, linebacker, Brian Crum. Brian, how are you this evening? I'm excellent, man. How about you? Good, man. Hey, thanks so much for, for joining us. Uh, Brian, you come from, from Georgia, an area that's not uh, traditionally Gator country. Uh, how'd you ultimately end up in uh, in Gainesville and playing for the University of Florida? Oh, uh, man. Uh, my dad's a South Florida guy, man, and um, uh, he had some uh, history with Coach Red. Uh, Coach Red was uh, one of the coaches that was there my freshman year. Uh, but Coach Odom, uh, Coach Odom made a huge impression on me uh, during the recruiting process, and uh, between my dad and uh, and Coach Odom, man, it was um, I wouldn't say it was an easy decision, but it was the right decision. <laughs> where else did you uh, Where else did you look at during your uh, recruiting process? Oh man, um, well, I, I visited Kentucky, uh, Florida State, of course, uh, UGA. Um, uh, UM, uh, my cousin Baraka played there in the nineties with, with Sap and all those guys. So, um, you know, all the SEC schools, uh, had an outside chance at, uh, Michigan, you know, early on my junior year, but kind of eliminated them. Didn't want to go that far away from home. I got you. I got you. So, so Brian, I want to talk to you. Uh, just knowing kind of your background from uh, from from watching and, and reading, uh, you played wide receiver and safety in in high school. Uh, when you came to UF, right. um, you played scout team tight end, and I know that that was just scout team stuff. Ultimately, how'd you you make the move to linebacker? And and um, talk to us a little bit about that transition for you. 
Well, I mean, the transition was uh, a little back and forth, you know, uh, just in, in high school. I pretty much uh, played on both sides of the ball. Didn't like to come out the field a whole lot and uh, did well. So, you know, it was a – I won't say it was an issue, but, you know, it was a big question mark for me coming into U.S. exactly, you know, which side of the ball um, that I would fit in on. Uh, I got in a car wreck the summer before coming in. So, you know, I had a torn MCL coming in, man. So, you know, that made this – the uh, decision-making process a little bit more tedious. So, you know, took that red shirt and uh, played a lot of receiver on the scout team. Um, I want to say I was a scout team player of the year. They gave me an award for it or whatever. But but anyway, during the bowl week, um, switched over to linebacker and uh, had some success there. Um, but I think, you know, with that wreck and I had a – I want to say one, two – had two knee surgeries and one foot surgery uh, during my first year and a half at UL. So that with, you know, switching positions a few times, man, it was kind of hard to find a home, you know, in those early years. What was that waiting process like? You say you got in that car wreck and you had, uh, I mean, you pretty much going to college. I mean, everybody's excited about competing and, and getting right after it. What is that process it, like uh, seeing those other freshmen come in and kind of get a, a head start on you? Well, I was in a unique situation. Um, I didn't come in until August. Uh, me and uh, Crowder didn't come in until August, uh, so we came in a few months after the rest of the guys. But, uh, man, you know, um, and actually, I didn't let UF know that I got in a wreck until I got there. And so, you know, being a naive kid, I'm thinking, man, they're going to take my scholarship, whatever, whatever. So, you know, I was rehabbing on my own and all that mess. But, um, man, it was, it, it was nerve-wracking. In the beginning, but uh, you know, once I got got in there, and you know, they gave me a knee brace and and everything, and got them moving around. Uh, you know, it was okay. Um, I think what I lacked in talent, you know, I made up for, and just you know, you just want to, and just being that hard headed dude who thought that he was better than he really was. <laughs> and what was it like playing for um? Charlie Strong. You got any good Charlie Strong stories? Oh, man. Well, <laughs> Charlie Strong, man, is like, to me, uh, Coach Strong, his strong points are, you know, his in-game decisions, you know, the way he calls the defense. Um, but, you know, uh, Coach Strong, he gave us a, a lot of freedom uh, to be uh, – to be independent players, you know, he wasn't really a stickler on stance and all those things. You know, we were older players by the time he was, you know, there. So, you know, he was pretty much, you know, letting you figure out, you know, how to be a leader and, and you know, how to perfect your craft on your own. You know, he did give you some guidance here and there. Um, but, you know, Stone's a, a, a funny guy. Um, the, the meeting rooms were always entertaining. Um, which that always kept us engaged during meetings, you know, because uh, you never know what he was going to say. Uh, he always had some creative ways of picking on guys and uh, <laughs> making you feel um, like you always had something to prove. Now, I've had, we had Crowder on this show. I hung out with him a couple times. He's a, he's a wild dude. What's the wildest thing you've ever seen Crowder do in practice and, and outside of practice? <laughs> 
Man, uh, well, a story that I can tell here. Uh, wildest thing I've seen, bro, dude, i tell you what. Uh, when we first met, we met, um, you know, during recruiting, you know, going to the, I think it was in our Georgia's visit. So, you know, we hooked up then. And um, shortly after was when I got in that wreck. So, uh, you know, you're supposed to come down and visit, you know, hang out for a few weeks before it was time to go to school. And, you know, we are, um, my father and I, we, we have a small farm out here. You know, it's about 15 acres. We got hogs and, and cows and goats and all of that stuff. So, you know, uh, I wake up in the morning. I got my leg jacked up. I'm laying on the couch. And, you know, we, we got a glass door to the back of the property where you see the pasture. And I look out there and I see about twenty of my goats running across the running across the back pasture. And then I see Crowder running across the back pasture with no shade on, no shoes on, just wide open. <laughs> and so I get on the curtain and I go out. I'm like, bro, what are you doing? <laughs> He's like, man. I never seen ghosts before, bro. Like, and I was trying to catch one. <laughs> <laughs> So <laughs> I go and get a bucket of goat feed, and then all the ghosts is coming surround me about knocking me over. And then he just laughs, and he's like, "Damn, man! If I know what I had to do, get some damn feed." <laughs> but man, he was just chasing them, just wide open chasing them, man. And just I don't know, man. Uh, it was fun, man. Um, you know, uh, going through that whole recruit process with that cat. I got another good crowd of story. I was teaching him how to shoot, and uh. We, you know, we shooting the uh, the 12 gauge and the 20 gauges and all that. And, you know, he ain't hitting shit. I'm like, dang, dude, like, what's going on, man? Like, what's going on? You're like, man, I don't know, man. I can't get it right. So I, I look at, he's he's got it right-handed. He's got it on his right cheek. He's got the gun sitting where it's supposed to. But he's got his right eye closed. So he's I, trying to look. He's looking with the wrong eye. eye. <laughs> this man out of control, man. This man don't know how to shoot nothing, but he know how to wrap the alligator. <laughs> like, yeah. He's he like, he like to do things the hard way. He want to grab stuff. Bro, of just, yeah. he, had his le- he had his left eye open trying to shoot with his right hand. I can't believe it. I'm like, bro, you are straight from Atlanta, dude. All right, uh, Crowder. Crumb, this this is mine. Hey, talk about uh, you know, the transition when Urban came in. I know we had a few guys that come on the show um that really kind of talked about um how how the environment changed uh once Urban came into right. the building. But uh yeah, talk about talk about the 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 different type of uh mentality Urban brought in when he came in with his staff. Well, uh Urban and his staff, man, was uh, first of all it was a godsend for me because of just you know, the, the the change in the training, you know, as far as, you know, impact on your joints and all that and, and all those things. But just as far as just the mentality, you know, um, Herb was big on peer pressure. Um, and now that I'm a teacher and a coach, you know, I find myself using a lot of the, the, the things that um and, and techniques that he used on us as players. And now you look back on it, you know, um, you can really uh, appreciate what he was doing, but he used peer pressure in a positive way. You know, he knew that he couldn't be everywhere at all times. So, you know, um, 
giving guys, putting guys in leadership positions, guys that weren't ever in leadership positions before, you know, giving guys a sense of responsibility, um, making guys understand, yeah, man, you know, you're here for college and to have fun, but, you know, you're also here to handle business, get an education, you know, and uh, play some ball and whatever else comes with that. But, man, it was just such a different vibe, man. Like, every day was a competition. You know, every everything that we did, especially that first summer, you know, I could just remember, man, like, uh, just loving it because I knew every day I was going to get an opportunity to go against somebody. And, um, you know, that was going into my junior year. So, you know, I'm coming off of, you know, the, the surgeries and the coaching change and, you know, uh, all these injuries and all this crap, you know, and, and Herb challenged me personally. He said, you know, man, I'm I'm trying to figure out why all these people around here respect you so much and you haven't played much. So, you know, uh, really just he understood how to challenge each player. And if you felt like you weren't being challenged, then you probably weren't playing a whole lot. <laughs> and that's just what it was, man, you know. Um, but – so when we went out, you know, when we were around the facility, you know, um, there was always a sense of responsibility to each other, you know, to try to do the right thing. Or, you know, if you was going to do the wrong thing, you was going to do it together. Yeah, he definitely brought a, a, a family-oriented, a family mentality into the into the uh, the locker room and the environment. Um, and made guys want to actually run through walls for him and, and run through walls for uh, for their teammates. Um, talk about how intense some of the practices were, was, was, uh, you know, in that 06 season, I know, you know, me being in high school, um, looking up to you guys, I was already committed to, to the university of Florida, um, before the 06 season had started. Um, but, you know, talk about how the practices were, I speak about and rave about how intense ours were with the, uh, talent that we had running around, um on offense and defense but i know you guys had crazy defenses um you know you had some some fast guys on offense um you had you know percy coming in and and, and tebow coming in and some young guys that that really brought some and spikes some some young guys who really brought some some talent coming in so talk about when those guys came in and how practices were well well, um you know tim made an impression on me uh, uh i never get a we were working out in the uh, weight room. Me, uh, Earl, and Silas were working out together, and, you know, uh, he came to the locker room with Mick. So he pointed at us. He was like, man, I want to work out with those guys. The coach was like, man, you can't work out with those guys. Those are the starting linebackers, yada, 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 yada. I was like, nah, Mick, man, bring him over here. Let's put him on the bench. Let's put Tim on the bench, bro. Tim does 20 reps of 225 without stopping. When he gets to 22, his entire face turns red, then purple, then blue. And he does five more reps screaming at the top of his lungs. And all three of us look at each other and he was like, yeah, this dude right here, man, this, I don't know what kind of quarterback this is right here. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you can tell just, just all that, man. You know, he was just so eager to impress us and he had no reason to. And uh, the other guys that you mentioned, they carried that same type of spirit with them. You know, I can remember Percy coming in. And asking those dudes, man, who the fastest on the team? And such and such said, I am he. And such and such got beat uh, not once but twice in a race. So, <laughs> you know, they just brought <laughs> 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 
type of confidence. Look, you ain't coming on our show talking about such and such, man. Who 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 who, who, who P. Yeah, yeah, we we name names around here, man. Hey, hey, man, you know the roster. We're gonna sleep this around here, man. You know who's supposed to be the guys, then, man. You know, you know. Nah, we don't know. I don't know. I have no idea, Brian. Oh, you know, I don't know. Was in high school, hey man. It's kind of normal to lose a foot race, man. It's all in the heat of battle, man. Who got cut? Hey, man, it was it was close, man. But you know, every 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 guy that. Put their hand down with Percy lost. So you know that was that was Bubba, that was Jamil. You know, you know those are the fastest guys, fastest guys on the team at that time. But you know Percy just like I said, and uh, B James, B James is another one, man. You know he just. Uh, I love B James. He wow. just had that. You know I can remember being in, in tackling drills, man, and you know sometimes he'd take it easy, like Nah, bro, take me because. You're helping us just as much as we're helping you. And he didn't understand it, you know, in the beginning. Like, dang, man, I got to go hard against these dudes every day. But, you know, when we got in the games, you know, we get into the SEC championship. And now we chasing Darren McFadden. We chasing Felix Jones, you know, two four two four three running backs. It wasn't a problem because, you know, we were tackling Brandon James all year. or trying to. You know what I mean? So all the small things like that, man. Um made us better and you know spikes and all those guys stamp you know all those guys man um you know they they were right there behind us so you know you had to keep your you know you had to keep your stuff together man those dudes uh wanting to get ripped for sure so talk talk about that whole 06 season though man it you know it, it it was a it was a great one it was a um, you know, definitely one for for the history books. Obviously, we won the national championship, won the second one for the school. Uh, but talk about that season and how you know um, you guys came in, you know, prepared to 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 play each game. Um, talk about the preparation that Irving, you know, prepared you guys with. Well, it was crazy, man, because I, I mean, I I can remember getting in games, and you know, because of our front, uh, because of you know Joe Ray, D. Hard Moss. Steve, Brandon Antoine, I forgot about that, another one. B.A. came in as a freshman and was a dog yeah, as yeah. well. But, you know, our front, man, was, they played so well that, you know, we didn't have to do a lot of complicated things on defense. And um, uh, the athletic ability of Earl and myself, we got to stay in base a lot. So, you know, we could cover slot receivers to a certain extent. So, you know, um, just our front man was just so dominant that, you know, it made our job easy as the backers, man. You know, a lot of times, hell, I didn't have, we didn't have to go against blocks. We were just running free. And then, you know, our secondary guys, Reggie and, and, uh, Reggie and, and, uh, Ryan and, uh, and Tony, you know, they fed off all that pressure, you know, doing that thing. So, you know, it all just kind of came together, man. Um, but we just were hungry. You know, I, I I don't think there was ever a point in that season that we felt like we lost or we could lose, you know, because just every day we're just used to competing. Every day and at everything. You know, even in the Auburn game, when we lost, we didn't give up a defensive touchdown. We're still trying to figure out how we lost that game. But, you know, it was just always that never stay die. You know what I mean? And um, I think – um, just when you go through so much 
uh, during the season. You know, we beat Tennessee by one point in Tennessee. Uh, the South Carolina game that year, one beating them by one point at home with Moss blocking the dang on field goal. I mean, it was just so much that year, man, to where, you know, by the time we got to the national championship game, bro, I mean, yeah, I can honestly seen it. remember lining up laughing. Like, dog, this is easy out here because <laughs> yeah, you know, they offensive the line I, wasn't that good. <laughs> I don't, I don't think, I don't think people understand. You know, when when um, you know, Urban used to always tell us the preparation doesn't stop until the foot hits the ball. Yeah. So yeah. even even up on you know on the bus ride to the stadium, we looking at you know our, our you know playbooks and whatnot and and, and keys. Oh, yeah. um, we in the locker room looking at keys. Um, you know, and, you know, we were always so prepared for every game, uh, you know, no matter what game we went in. And I think, uh, you know, the, the bowl games were the most, the most prepared we, we ever been, you oh know, as far Man, as being. Yeah. Yeah. We go in the bowl games. Comical, and, you know, if, if we didn't win bowls, bowl games, it's, it's because we went out there and, and you know. Right. You know, turn the ball Because you knew everything that they were going to do. We knew everything. Everything that they were going to do. It was so crazy <laughs> how, they, how they broke down. Our bowl practices, and it had it down to a science yeah. of, of when we practice in pass, and how many practices we practice in pass, and and right. how many practices are we we not going to do anything um, with with football? We just going to do a, a walkthrough or something, or yeah, play yeah, game ball or something like that. Mind, yeah, right. just addition a little bit. So you mm-hmm. know, I think they had it down to a science, and man, um, you know, I I can't say you know I, I'm just I'm I'm thankful for for coaching coach Urban Meyer and his staff. Um, because oh, they brought yeah. to the University of Florida, um, and, you know, and, and as far as winning wise and bringing the mentality um, that we still to this day we, we we talk about the Gator standard. Well, you know, even Spurrier brought it in. You know, starting with Coach Spurrier and the guys before him. You know, it just gets trickled oh. down. You see what I'm saying? So, um, it, you know, at the University of Florida, we have a, a basically a, like we say a standard to uphold. Um, you know, one la- one last question for me, man. You know, what what's your all time favorite rival game to play in? Um, <laughs> Whether it be you know Tennessee, they trash um, with Georgia, <laughs> anything like that. Who you like, Florida State? What game hey, you like? Best? I listen. This is what I tell people, man. Because you know, living in Georgia, living in Georgia, man. Uh, you know, you get the go dogs. I get the go dogs from my students. But if you think about it, you got Tennessee, Auburn, Georgia, Florida State. And Miami. We don't play Miami every year, but them other four, I mean, shoot, man, you got to buckle that thing up every time. You know what I'm saying? And <laughs> But to answer your question, bro, I like all of them. I like playing away games. I like fans talking trash. I like kids cursing me out. You know, <laughs> uh, uh, I love people shaking the bus. I love the visitors' locker room. You know, I just—it's just something about being on the road and and going into a hostile environment. When you know, and it's just you and your teammates, man, and you coming in there and you handling business. You know what I mean? Um, so, you know, any of those away games, you know, Tennessee was always fun because you know they're gonna run the ball, they're gonna try to bully you. It's the beginning of the season, so I don't know, man. If I had to choose one, I probably had to say Tennessee. Hey Brian, you you were speaking about hunting earlier. Um, this sounds like something you passionate about. What's your favorite um thing to hunt? <laughs> well, man, uh, <clears throat> wild boar, man. Um, uh, 
I probably got about 40 videos on YouTube of us uh, hunting wild hogs and, Word? you know, jumping off boats and swimming in rivers and creeks. And uh, there's a video of my niece actually going in the hog pen and wrestling one. And she's like 11. Oh, so, I got to see this. What do I search? BWB. BWB. Yeah. Backwood Bears. And uh, you'll see all of them will pop up. You know, my dogs is on there. Some coon hunting on there as well. Bro, I'll tell but, you. Yeah, man, I've been hunting hogs. What's that? I was going to say, it's it's funny. Every once in a while, you'll post something on Facebook or, or a video on Facebook, and I'll wake up, and it's like 6.30 in the morning, and you posted a video from one of your night hunting, and all of a sudden, I see like four <laughs> dead hogs. The first thing I do when I open up Facebook, <laughs> I'm like, damn, bro. <laughs> Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I had my dogs um in my backyard in school in Gainesville, man. Man, we, me and Jimbo Tart at the game shoot, man. We take off, load up, and go hunt, and then come back. Man, I forgot all about Jimbo Tart, man. Big Tart, shout out, Big Tart. I forgot about Big Tart, man. Shout yeah, out. man, Jimbo, baby. <laughs> man, Jimbo and Trout, all those guys, man. Tart McCullough. Yeah. Do any uh, it's turkey season right now. You do any turkey hunting? Nah, man, I'm not about to sit on the ground next to a tree waiting on the bird. <laughs> uh, I ain't gonna do that. Nah, you gotta I'm jump not, off trucks and into rivers, huh? Snake, but man, it's snake season, and I ain't nah, nah, bro. But I raise chickens and quails and all that stuff on my farm, so you know, I really don't fool with the birds, but you know, the hog hunting and the red fishing and all that stuff, man. I'm I'm all in on that. Any of your um, I had a friend of mine, my neighbor growing up, he used to always go hunting. And one time he came back and his dog was like ripped to shreds. Uh, any of your dogs, anybody, your any friends, anybody you with been hurt by uh, a boar or anything? Uh, yeah, we've had to stitch up dogs over the years. Um, there's um, actually, man, James Bates. I don't know, y'all probably don't remember the James Bates show, but yeah, they have. James Bates, bro. James Bates actually came and did a show. He did a show uh, of us hunting. Me, Todd, Channing, you know, we got the cameras. If you could get with James, I'm sure he has a copy of it. But uh, we caught like a 430-pound hog on that video. Uh, one of the jo- dogs got his jaw broken. Uh, one of the guys got his pants ripped open by the hog, man. I mean, it was... it was. Uh, what are you guys doing with all this footage, bro? <laughs> I feel well, like they, I feel like the, the streets need to see these videos. Uh, I used to have a website and all that stuff, man. But um, most of my stuff is on YouTube. But I'm sure James, um, I'm sure he has that because it's one of his uh, one of his uh episodes from the show. So I had a copy of it, man, but I lost it. I had it on DVD somewhere. But yeah, man, it's a it's a good episode, man. You check it out if you get opportunity. I'm yeah, checking man, it out. Like y'all here. Come up, man. Bring your boots, man. Bring your boots. Come Where you at? Where you at? I'm right here in uh right here in North of Jacksonville. Oh, okay. uh, on the southeastern corner of Georgia. Uh, <clears throat> place called uh Cannon County. Oh, okay. St. Mary's. Yeah, so we right here on the coast, so you know you got the swamp, you got the beach. We got Cumberland Island right here with all the wild horses and all that mm. stuff. So in the coastal waterway. Yeah, I'm gonna get right. Dapper Dan and the mod out there, man. We're gonna go do some hunting, man. I'm with it. 
Yeah, man. Oh, shit. Yeah, man, take those videos out on YouTube, man. It's a pretty good one. This one on there where my, my buddy's actually getting rushed by a hog, and you, he's jumping over it. You know what I mean? And we slow it down in slow mode. So, pretty good stuff, man. Hey, Brian, you said that you were also coaching. Uh-huh. Yeah, How has the last couple years coaching County for you been? High, man. What's that? Okay. How, how's the What's team that? looking well? How what how was the team looking for for this year? Man, we're looking good. Uh, we've got we've got two uh really good um highly recruited players. Um, Michael Morris, he's our left tackle. Everyone in the nation wants him. Uh, kids about six five, about three thirty ish, want to say. Then uh we got uh Jamie Felix Jr. He's a running back. He's been offered by everybody as well. Sean Hardy. Um, Terry's Glover, a few other guys, but uh, we lost last year in the playoffs to uh, Marietta. Mm. Uh, Marietta, <laughs> I'm sure you guys know about Marietta. And oh yeah, that they had last year. <laughs> so, but you gave um, it the old we, college we try. Well. Get it. Good man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, two bro. of my inside backers from last year. One's going to UConn. The other one's going to Bethune. So, okay. you know, we'll be young this year. So we'll see, man. We'll see. Uh-huh. But, uh, you know, uh, these kids up here, man, they've got a, our weight room. If you ever get a chance, you come through Jacksonville. You know, our weight room is so big that you can run 40s in it. We run our 40s in our weight room. Nice. Know, turf field. You know, so the whole deal. So, you know, they they got everything here that they need. <clears throat> I love it. I love well, it. Well, Brian, goes, Brian, remind everybody where they can uh, where they can find your YouTube videos, and do you do any other social oh. media stuff out there? Yeah, I'm a, a man. I'm just a old school on Facebook. I got a Twitter, but I don't even use it anymore. But it's a it's a B W U B Backwood Bears um, Bears B A Y E R S um, Backwood. But uh, yeah, man, it's about forty videos on there. Um, hunting, fishing. Redfish, wild hogs, horseback riding, the whole deal, man. So, all these it. last few years. Well, Brian, we man, I really appreciate you coming on the show this week, and uh, and we'll yeah. definitely have you on in the future. But uh, we're gonna we're gonna tweet out some videos, make sure uh, make sure those get some views. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's man. good. Yeah, it's good. Corona action, right there, man. <laughs> yeah, man. People may watch all forty of them. The Netflix. There, there you go. There you go. <laughs> I love it. All right, Brian. Well, we're gonna hit you up when we planned our uh, our stadium and go hunting trip. All right, yeah, man. Come on up, man. Definitely, definitely. Let it go. Let's go. All right, all right, Brian. We'll catch you soon, bud. All right, fellas. I'll be good. Absolutely. That was dope, man. Brian Crum. It was so. It was more than one. One country ass dude on the team. Um, besides, that was crazy with animals and hunting. It wasn't like just uh, crowding, huh? Sounds like there was a few. Yeah, that was the coaching. Maybe that's he, why they won so much. Yeah, yeah, these boys not logging off of Instagram to go wrestle hogs. I'll tell you that. Nope. Our boys. We, got, we probably got um, like two that would do that. We got a. Uh, we have our long-awaited second round of the uh, of the draft uh, this week. Uh, uh-huh. 
I think going after week one, based on the Twitter replies, it seems like Silk has a slight advantage. Very slight. Hey, man, you got to let the people speak, bro. The people say I'm getting whooped right now. So Yeah, yeah. the people say you. Mods, you, you're a distant third. Um, people say you drunk at the wheel, bro. Yeah. Well, that's okay because uh, that's that's only that's only part of the team. So this week uh, we're gonna do uh, offensive line and defensive line same way we did last time. The positions are open. Uh, we're not doing them uh, separately. We're gonna do them together. Uh, so we're gonna do offense and defensive line. Um, I think we decided on what five offensive linemen and five defensive linemen. Yeah, but I'm, I'm saying so. So the I could pick an offense or a defensive lineman at any time. That's how we do yeah. it. Correct. That's right. Let's do it. But you All need right. five of both, right? Yep. You need you need five of both. Unless you, you, you want to throw an offensive lineman in. on defense. I mean, unless you. I mean, I'm just saying. All right. I'm not. I was going to say something, but I'm just going to let the draft play out. That's all. Yeah. Let the draft hey, play. If, you, if you want somebody that can play both sides of the ball, yeah, you're more than welcome to. If you want to pull a what? Who was it? Was it? Yeah, you Mike, said, was it Mike Pouncey that played both? Doing too much, man. You're doing too much. If you put Pouncey on your D-line, yeah, you're getting smashed up out of here. Mark. Don't, don't do that, bro. <laughs> right, listen, All right, Pouncey got, got more championships on the defensive line than some of the dudes you you probably going to name. Man, the streets not going to care about that, bro. I like your strategy. I'm not putting my promise yet. My defensive line. <laughs> I like I like your style. I'm not doing that, bro. Dude, are we uh, random doing this order? or Are we going in the same order? I, we gotta I, go the same order, bro. Because because you, you have because you have the first pick. I get it. Uh, I mean, I uh, or, yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Or, I guess or, we'll we'll keep the we'll keep the same order throughout the entire draft. That's fine. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. All, All right, mod. Right, All right. I gotta go. I gotta go with with, with all decade. Give me uh, Marquise Pouncey right now. Number one, boom. Uh, I'm two. All decade. NFL all decade. Yeah, that's two, right? I'm two, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, you're, yeah you're all right, right, let me get let me get uh let me get Lomas Brown. Woo. Okay. All right, let me get um Jack Youngblood. Okay. The, the original Gator defensive line goat. And then let me get – Woo! I don't know. I might take him a little early. I'm going to go with the freak, Javon Kurz. Uh, all right. It's on me. I'm going to go uh, Carlos Dunlap. Ooh, okay. okay. I'm going to throw some flame at uh, Alex Brown, me. I like that. I like that. Back on you, Amar. Throwing flame. Poof. Man, what you mean? Give me another pouncy. Boom. There we go. All right. All right. It's on me. I'm going to keep it funky. I'm going to go. Um, let me go to other defensive end. I ain't even going to play with y'all. Let me get Kevin Carter. Okay. All right. Let me see. Let me go back to my list here. All right, I'm going to go for my first offensive line. I'm going to go Mike Pearson. And then I'm going to go with I'm going to go with him. He was an All-American, I believe. I'm going to go with Brad Culpepper. 
I'm gonna go with uh, Mike Degory. Offensive. All right. <clears throat> it's on me. Ah, da Hey man, you know. Make it funky for me. Give me. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm put some speed on that end. Give me mouse. All right. Jarvis mouse. All right, what you know about that? Again? What you know about that South Florida uh, silk over there? I know. I know. What do you know about South Florida? You, you gotta go again, right? Yeah, Mod's gotta go again. Okay. Uh, He's too busy celebrating his picks. Let me go with. Let me go with. Should I do that? Yes, you should. If you're questioning it, you should definitely do it. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna do something crazy. I'm gonna go with the six guy. I'm gonna go with father. All right. It's on me, right? Yeah. Yep. Now, let me get Gerard Warren at defensive tackle. Ah, forgot about it, money. All right. Good pick. Good pick. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, Max Starks. I like it. On my O line. Um, I think I might go. With David Williams on my offensive line too. All right. This where it gets a little tricky. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I gotta go look. Gotta go look up some rosters right quick, man. <laughs> nah, I mean I can always just go. I always go back to the '96 team, man. Let me get uh, Dunny Young. Oh, okay. That's who I was between. All right. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> right. Let me go with. Let me go with. Man, give me Big Shannon Snell, man. Ooh. Come on, Big Snell. All right. I'm going to go with Shannon Snell. Then I'm gonna go with uh. I'm gonna go with Jeff Zimmerman, man. I really love him right now. Jeff Zimmerman. And my D line like about it. to be so filthy across the board. Uh, give me Sharif Floyd at the other defensive tackle spot. Damn it! All right. Um, I'm gonna go with. Damn, that was my pick. All right, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go um, college Derek Harvey. Yeah, Derek Harvey was was an animal. I had him. It was it was down to him or Warren on this pick. I just picked. And then um, because I think my next O line pick will be there, I'm gonna go uh, with Ellis Johnson, anchoring down that middle for me. Hmm. So I think I'm gonna go. We got five defensive linemen, so I'm gonna go ahead and go um, for the for the for the um, my fifth defensive line spot. Yeah, give me Dominic Easley. All right. Oh, you took him off the board. You took him 
Come out the board. That's I gotta play filthy a little bit. That's gonna be my next pick. All right, say less. Say less. All right. Let me think. See who we got. Ah. Uh... We took Jack Youngblood off. Young blood off the yeah, board. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm. I'm gonna do something crazy. Watch this. It ain't too crazy though. Give me. Nah, that's too crazy. <laughs> 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 I, it really the way you a... reason with yourself is incredible. <laughs> I love it. Out loud. Hello. Let me see. Let's see who all on the, on the board still. My bad, Dan. Just got, I got to make the best t- decision, Dan. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I don't blame you. So far, you've you, you got some making up to do. So. Yeah. I just hope you know how to pick some DBs, Dan. I'm going to pick some DBs. Some good DBs, Dan. All I right, do. man. Defensive tackle, Marcus Thomas. I like Marcus Thomas. I like that pick. I forgot all about Marcus Thomas, dog. It's on me. You're no mods up again. All right, right. and then uh, let me see. Let me go with. Did we pick Max Starks? Max Starks, sorry. Yep. Max Starks pick. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go. Watch this. I'm gonna go Marcus Gilbert. I like Already. that. I, but I got. I think I'm gonna one up you right here. I think. Yeah, I think you sleeping. I'm gonna get a sleeper right here. Yeah. The people's pig. I'm gonna get John Jalapio. Aha. Okay. Yeah. Very interesting. Very interesting. All right. Yeah. So I'm gonna go. Whoo. This is tough. I'm going to go on the defensive line. Um, let me tell you guys a quick story. I got an email from a listener the other day that I know uh, offline, uh, and he was mad at some of our picks. He was mad that we didn't pick Wes Chandler. He was mad that we didn't pick Steve Spurrier. Um, and he thinks that we're forgetting a lot of people from from generations before, like 1996. And I didn't think we were, but um, so I was doing a little research, and this guy w- was playing and, and balling when I was just uh, one years old. I've heard his name. Um, but number two all-time in number of sacks in a season. So I'm going with our boy Huey Richardson. Mm-hmm. 87 to 90. Going with him. And then my final pick uh, to round out my offensive line Gosh, I'm in between a guy that played in the 70s, which is different. Um, but I think I'm going to go with with a, the name of a guy from Madden, and I'm going to go with uh, with Big Kenyatta Walker. Okay. Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Yeah. Uh, last pick on me? Nope, on Silk. Who you want up on? I, I know you ain't going to forget this name because guess what? He better do some great things. Give me my my last defensive player. It's not your pick yet. Yeah, relax a little bit. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've got, I've got, I've got to, to, to. <laughs> gotta one up yourself because I'm going to. I'm trying to think. All I got left is offensive line, right? Yeah. I got, I got one defensive line, my 
Trying to think who else I could get. Get real scarce around here, huh? Nah, nah I'm gonna forget my man's name. Like I'm a little. But I need, I'm trying to think if I need guard or or a center. I'm trying to remember where I'm at right now. My depth chart. But fuck it, let, let me get. I take. Uh, I take Xavier Nixon. Okay. 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 I'm trying to remember my, my man that's at. Um, who man that's at? Um. Cush big right now. What's my man that's, that play, that that got drafted by the Cardinals? Xavier Nixon. No. Uh, uh Humphreys. Humphreys. Oh, DJ, yeah, yeah, DJ Humphreys. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we're gonna really we gonna, blossomed in the NFL. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna round this thing out. Give me, yeah, give me Humphreys at, at 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 my lineman. Okay. Instead of Nixon. Correct. Okay. Cool. Uh, all right. And then my last defensive lineman. I'm gonna do great things, man. I'm proud of this man. Jonathan Gennard, me. I like it. Gennard, me. Mm. Mm. These teams are starting to look mm-hmm. look good, boys. We're gonna see what the streets say tomorrow when this drop. Let's get the edit out. You know what I'm saying? And the people can look back and uh and listen back and see how it all played out. But Okay. We'll see where the votes lie. Yeah, I'm lo- gonna look closer. These teams are being built. These, yeah, they, yeah. <laughs> these teams are starting to even out a little bit. I'm about even out, man. I like, I like, still like my roster over yours. Uh, mm. Man, hey, well, I gotta see it on paper. Let me see it on paper, then I'll see. All right. I think I'm a little like I think um, my edge rushes aren't. Aren't aren't the uh, speed edge rushers, but I think yeah. I'm real. I think I'm real good. I mean, but Dunlap has those arms, bro. He'll, Correct. He'll wrap oh no, my, my shit physical. Like yeah. <laughs> Kevin Carter and Dunlap anchoring down the ends. I got Sharif Floyd and, and, and Gerard Warren on the inside, dog. This shit. I got a gangster defense. You, you got a gangster defense tackle. Uh, defense tackle spots down there. Yeah, and then I can just hey, y'all oh, boys tired. God. Hey, easily come in here and vibe real quick, my man. You took easy right off the board. That was gonna be- <laughs> you had to get selfish. I, I, I'm, I'm good. Look, I'm good with Marcus Thomas, though. We, we, we good. Already. We good. Well, some good players on the board. I saw Jason Odom left. Good offensive lineman. A shout out to Burton Lawless. That was a guy from the 70s. First team. Yeah, a lot of those. Yeah, a lot of those guys. I just I get caught up in like what like the guys I watch play. That's what I'm saying. I, yeah, I, I forget yeah. about so the older like, guys sometimes, and I don't forget. I don't want to say. It. Yeah, I, yeah. I, we know how great those guys. Are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We 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 love you guys, and you know, you guys paved the way. You know, for for guys like me to even have a, uh, a platform to even speak on. You know what I'm saying? But so I don't want to say we forget about them, but. No, but I'd be lying to you if I say I want Steve Spurrier as my quarterback right now. And I don't want to lie to y'all. <laughs> I never hey, see Steve Spurrier play like that. This is going to be outstanding. Saying. I'm going to let you guys know my strategy when we're picking kickers because I don't plan on having my team ever kick a field goal. I'm just going to draft Steve Spurrier. He'll be my player coach. You can have him, dog. <laughs> right, that, no, that don't care. He can't do that. <laughs> trying to get fan know. points today. I can see how so now we know, <laughs> now we know what you're doing. Amad picks man. first and he gives Amad his strategy. Smart guy. Yeah. So next week we have what? Uh, linebackers and uh, in, uh, defensive backs. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What's the rule? One can't pick him, him on himself? No, you can pick yourself. Yeah, you should pick yourself think, first. I, I don't think I'll pick you, so. 
You should pick yourself first pick overall, man. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, I might. Hey, bro, dude, dude was really hit, like. Dudes was really chapped about that damn uh, when I picked my four best safeties. Like, dudes was really hitting me up. Like, hey, you should pick da 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 da. You yeah. should have said da 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 da. And I'm like, no, that's your best safeties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's your you opinion. Have, you, like, you could pick four. Why didn't you pick 30 of them, right? That's what I'm saying. Like, bro, I could pick my the, the four that I said. I feel like my my four I love to watch play. Like, yeah. I, you know, dudes like, man, you should have. I mean, calling dudes names out that. Barely even played at Florida, and I'm like, come on, dude. Like, it's just all about like, like I guess like when you when you grew up watching football, who yeah, you, who like you, what what yeah. you know, you know. Yeah. I mean, like my dad, like I couldn't watch like that'd be like me growing like your yeah, Dr. J is the best basketball player ever. Like, yeah, I don't want to hear that. him play. I know right now he can't go out. Bro, nobody out here like, I mean, and I just never seen him play at that moment. If I was a kid at that moment, I'd probably feel that way. You know what I'm saying? So I think a lot of it's like. We never seen Spurrier play, you know what I'm saying? So right, all it yeah. is, is is old videos that's like black and white footage, damn near. Like it's just not the same. But yeah, that we have legends here. He has a a, a, a statue outside. Yeah, so. he's the goat. All right, boys. All righty, man. See, what got the song Is it on me? No, no, sir. Absolutely not. Oh. Yeah, he made sure you know one your your shit this week, man. So damn, it's gonna come with some fire. Somewhere. It must. Be, it's been a while. I haven't heard the, the fans haven't complained about any songs. So it's it definitely t- Dan turn. It's been a while. Yeah. Do we have any uh, <laughs> any words of the week, Ahmad? Anything you've been thinking about? Oh yeah, word yeah, of man, week. definitely Dan. Oh, um, very good. Yeah, word of the week, Dan. You ready for this one? Yeah. So we've been talking about, you know, going out and whatnot and being in quarantine and, you know, mm-hmm. it ain't no, it ain't no going out right now, Dan. And, you know, some people don't like to go out. Mm-hmm. Some people, you know, do like to go, go out and some don't, but some just like to go to the let out, Dan. Do you know what the let out mean? If I say, Dan, I'm going to, the, I'm going to the let out. Absolutely not. I, I don't <laughs> even know where to start with that one. <laughs> hey, I call, I call my wife and be like, Hey babe, I'm going to be home. You know, sometime tonight I'm going to the let out. Do you know what? Is that, that a stri- is that a strip club or? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like when when the club let out, Dan. So you know, oh, after, oh, oh yeah. So yeah, after yeah. the club, everybody they don't want to go home. They want to just they want to gather around, like basically, like they wasn't sitting next to each other, standing next to each other for a couple hours. So after the club let out, everybody just sit out and you know play their music and, and hang out, Dan. Oh, some yeah, yeah, just okay, catch the yeah. let out. We just gonna catch yeah. the let out. We yeah, gonna, like, in my broke college days, when I was like, ah, oh, bro, I ain't got no money to get in the club. I used to be like, man, I ain't trying. You play it off like I ain't trying to go in that club, bro. I'm just pull up to the let out, but you really ain't got no but money. But the let out, but the let out be jumping, Dan. It be like, jumping. Yeah, it's an event. I can see it. Catch you a straggler, man. Yeah, catch you a straggler for half the price. Uh, for half the look, price. Look, I said, you ain't buy no drinks. Straggler gonna be your next word, man. That's next week. I know what a straggler is. Come on. <laughs> that sounds like a that sounds like some predator shit. I don't know yeah, you don't yeah, call it. Nowadays, no more. Like, <laughs> <laughs> straggler sounds like a lion chasing some gazelle, baby you know gazelle. <laughs> nah, we gotta scratch that. Back in the day, that's acceptable, man. I don't know nowadays, boy. <laughs> you know, it's it's, it's uh, pictures and everything. So, Dan, what you got for us, man? Uh, that's tough. Um, I don't know. I've been trying to uh, to buy some time while Ahmad was teaching me a thing or two about a thing or two. Um, just because just because he's my favorite artist. And he came out with a new song. Um, it's a little bit different than what we normally have country music wise. Country music wise on this show, uh, but we'll play Wild World 
Wild World by Kit Moore. It's a song about his mom, so everybody's got to love it. Oh, man. So this is like Tupac, but country. It's, it's exactly like Tupac. Country, Dear Mama. Yeah, it's like, ah, yes. Me, Ma. yes, that's that's probably the <laughs> that's you know what that might even be a good title of our show. Dear me, Ma. Dear I me, like Ma. Dear Mama. All right, hey, y'all boys hilarious. Man. I don't know about man I'm talking about a white a white dear mama. <laughs> Nobody said a white dear mama, my dad. <laughs> said a country. <laughs> that's a fact. That's a fact. That's a real fact. Right. I got to go outside. Uh, so, you know what I gotta do, man? It's, it's too late in the show, man. I got to go. <laughs> All right, for the same All quarter, same time next week, man. All right, I appreciate y'all. Yeah. For sure. Mama said, wild man, won't you listen? And come take a seat right here in the kitchen. You got a wild heart, you got a sweet soul. Gonna need them both, baby, down the road. But right now I need you to listen. She said, ooh, baby, it's a wild world. I hope you find yourself a good girl. Life is short, some days are long. You're gonna need a rock you can lean on. Ooh, baby, it's a wild world, so stay wild, man. Don't put your faith in the of a dollar and be proud of the blue around your collar give a little more take a little less you ain't done till you've done your best wear it on your sleeve instead of hitting in your chest yeah she said baby it's a wild Wow.